Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Saturday, folks. March Madness chugging along tonight, tonight, tomorrow, today, but today, tonight, I think games tipping off around 7, 6 o'clock tonight. I think they get a little bit started earlier tomorrow two and five i believe but march madness elite eight uh kicks off tonight so we'll break down march madness from last night we hit folks what was the message of the day last night points 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 and what what won last night points 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 so we hit our points last night big time and even had an upset could have took it on the money line but we went a little bit of the safer route and went with the points but hey overall we win y'all win it's everybody winning so how can we knock it so we'll break down march madness last night we'll see what's on tap tonight in march madness we'll break down the nba from last night we had two bets going hit them both we went four for four two college two nba hit them all so we are on track baby and ready to keep going on track tonight wherever the value takes us will that's where it's gonna take us that's where it will lead us so wherever the value is uh showing itself those are the games that we will take but we will stay on track of going 100 percent hit rate baby we've got our finger back on the pulse lost it for a second because we didn't bet the nba for four days lost the pulse a little bit but now we officially back on that pulse baby so breaking down the nba from last night betting the nba tonight uh, and then uh going into some nfl stories some great stories to talk about we had marcus Mariota at the podium yesterday we had the panthers talking and i don't understand why the panthers are even making themselves known right now if i was them i would just kind of slug down and be like yeah don't look at us until maybe we're good next season i would truly slide under the radar but we had their general manager yapping it up last night so we'll see what he has to say about the direction the Panthers are moving into and we saw what they all did in free agency right nothing so it doesn't seem like they're that uh that urgent on a quarterback which they truly should be so we'll see what that man has to say and then if we do have time on the show, we're looking at Malik Willis, a draft prospect quarterback that everybody is gushing over because of his pro day. We'll look at that. We'll look at his stats in college. We'll look at his film in college. Any bowl game appearances? We count those very heavy, folks. So we may be able to get our first look at a draft prospect this season. Hopefully we can squeeze some more in as well. So packed show today. So let's roar. let's start it, shall we? Let's start the show here. So we'll start with the March Madness. Then we'll go to the NBA. Then we'll go to the NFL and do all that great stuff. So here we go. Let's start with March Madness. Last night, another th- four-game slate to round out the Sweet 16. Last night. 
First game up, we had North Carolina in UCLA, and North Carolina takes care of business, and they were getting plus three points. Every team that was getting points won last night besides one, so we'll use that information if we're getting a big spread in tonight's Elite Eight games. Maybe we can take those points, uh, but we, we have to dissect and see. But uh, North Carolina upsets uh, number four UCLA. They win 73-66. Tar Heels uh, kind of, you know, just digging in deep, and this is all kind of getting set up, right? Are we kind of seeing the setup here? Duke versus UNC in the final four. Coach K's last ride with the historic UNC program. Is it all scripted, folks? It's starting to be like that. They throw in St. Peter's for the distraction. Does St. Peter's upset UNC, folks? I mean, come on. We all love St. Peter's, but are they going to beat UNC? Maybe. I could definitely see a maybe, but I mean, one more game. Duke in Arkansas, UNC versus St. Peter's for Coach K's last ride to go up against historic UNC in the Final Four. I mean, is it scripted, folks? Maybe, maybe, we'll see, but it's just another nugget of information. UNC wins 73-66. to all right, then we had Purdue and St. Peter's, and we took the plus 13 points. 13 points in college basketball, folks. I mean, how can you turn those points down? Man, oh, man. And St. Peter's didn't even need any of the points. They didn't need 13. They didn't need 10. They didn't need 7. They didn't need 5. They didn't need 3. They didn't need 1. They won outright, folks. Beat number 3 Purdue 67 to 64. And man, oh, man, the Peacocks are uh, wanting everybody on notice, folks. They want everybody on notice. This team has shown us, hey, yeah, we're 15 seeds. Y'all never heard of us before, but okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're here now. What's good? So, they're going to go and face North Carolina, I believe, tomorrow and see if they can try and get to the Final Four. But shout out to the St. Peter's Peacocks for getting this far in the tournament, stunning everybody, and uh, cashing in while we do so. So, thank y'all, St. Peter's. All right, then we had Kansas and Providence, and y'all's dark horse ended up losing, but they covered seven points. Wow, wow, wow. And it dropped down to six and a half by game time. That's when we locked it in, so thank goodness the half a point hook didn't kind of kill us last night. But uh, Providence, they lose, but by five, they cover the seven, they cover the six and a half there. Uh, went down to the wire. Providence, I mean, Kansas and Providence, I mean, that first half, folks, it was abysmal. Nobody could buy a bucket in that first half, and then scoring started to kind of come along a little bit in the second and half just Providence could not keep up at the end of the day but they kept it close kind of played the free throw game a little bit to cover but hey a cover is a cover and Providence did it so shout out to Providence for being competitive covering the spread ended up losing to Kansas 66 to 61 and then the last game of the night here Iowa State in Miami and man oh man we we wanted to bet this game we wanted to take Iowa plus the three and a half points here but we kind of saw hey they don't score a lot of points and what happened last night they didn't score a lot of points to put up 56. I think that was the lowest. That was the lowest total out of every single game from last night. So, Iowa, they just didn't have the offense. The defense was okay. Kept them. Uh, they didn't really even keep them in the game. I mean, they were getting, they were losing the entire game. Not really even competitive. So, glad we stayed away from Iowa State plus three and a half. It wasn't enough, but here we are. Number 10, Miami in the Elite Eight. I mean, we got a 15. We got an 8. We got a 10 in the Elite Eight, folks. So, what the hell? Uh, I 
mean, geez, geez. I mean, uh, anything can happen, folks. Points, that's why we're saying points. If it's a big time spread, I mean, three, four points. That's not that many points. But if we're talking seven, eight, nine, ten, thirteen points, absolutely. I think we just have to live and die by that result. I mean, we got wildness, March madness. We've got madness. Yes, folks, an eight, a ten, and a fifteen. An eight, a ten, and a fifteen all walk in a bar. Yes, folks, here we are at the Elite Eight. So, uh, we, uh, so that was March Madness last night. Now let's see what do we have on deck tonight. Now we're getting a little bit, uh, we're getting. <clears throat> This is hey, what what is all this? Uh, yeah, DraftKings their um web page now it's a little bit different on their bet slip. We see trend is this like trending down? I don't really see what's going on here, but I got green arrows looking up and then red arrows pointing down. I don't really get what's going on here. Um, is it just talking about? point spread going up and down but either way I kind of like the improvements it is grabbing my attention but here we go we went two for two yesterday in March Madness love seeing that but uh, now that it's at the Elite Eight game's a little bit tighter team's a little bit closer maybe we're not getting the great big old spreads anymore but let's see what we've got on tap tonight on March Madness we've got two games going on game one starting at 609 so we got a 609 845 tonight in March Madness this so a nice night of college basketball. But the first game up here, we got number two Villanova versus number five Houston. And we get Villan. Wow. Villanova plus two and a half. Houston minus two and a half. Now, I loved what I saw from Villanova. Really able to beat Michigan in their last game. I thought that was great. Houston taking down number one Arizona. Pretty impressive as well. And we'll see, can Houston kind of keep up the nice three-point shooting percentage that they've been having? I mean, they just shot 45% in their game against Arizona. And we know in college basketball, definitely this March Madness tournament, 45% is like uh, amazing. It's immaculate. It's almost like 100%, honestly, uh, because it's so rare that a team shoots this well on 20 shots from the three. So, I mean, if they can keep up the three-point shooting, yeah, Houston may be able to win it. Rebounding totals, they out-rebounded Arizona as well. So Houston, I mean, their favorites here, Vegas makes them the favorite. I would not think that when I was just kind of, you know, prepping. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I like Villanova. I thought they'd be minus three or four points, but here they are getting points. So I think we're going to stay away from it. I like Villanova, but the fact that Vegas has it like this, maybe they know something, but maybe they don't because they just made St. Peter's plus 13-point favorites. They could have made it, you know, a little bit more interesting, like only plus six or seven. And I'll tell y'all, if St. Peters were only kind of plus six or plus seven last night. I don't think I'd take it. I don't think I'd take it, folks. So, like, all those points truly made me take it. So, and then they went outright. So, Vegas, they don't even know. March Madness is so crazy this season, they don't even know what's going on. So, I like Villanova tonight. Hmm, two and a half. I don't know if that's enough points, folks. Y'all know our rule. College basketball, just give me the points. I'm only taking the points. Interesting amount of points. And I don't know. Uh, Villanova is getting points here. Let's take it. Let's take Villanova. I'm like Villanova, folks. I like Villanova. I like, sue me. I like Villanova, okay? I'm going with Villanova, number two, beating number five, Houston, tonight. 
All right, and then we got to the last game, Duke and Arkansas, folks. And I think, once again, we're just going to be betting on Coach K's last dance. It seems like it's all written on the walls that it's going to be Duke and UNC. You know, historic head coaches going at each other. I mean, it's all written on the wall here. So we get Arkansas versus Duke, number four. Arkansas versus number two, Duke. Arkansas plus four, Duke minus four. I'm not going to swallow the points, but I am going to take Duke on the money line here. I'm just betting on Coach K's last ride folks that's it so we'll take the two and a half with Villanova tonight betting on Villanova and then we're betting on Coach K's last ride to get it done now Arkansas's defense is pretty good so Duke is going to have to you know either match defensive intensity or make sure that offense is good to go and you know that offense was a little uh, uh, a little bit late to the party a little bit in their last round where they didn't really even take their first lead until about three minutes left in the second half, five minutes left in the second half. So Duke is going to have to kind of get out of the gate hot, fiery, if they want any chance of being a nice defensive Arkansas team. But uh, I think they all rally for it. Maybe the refs are on the take a little bit to make sure Duke gets to the Final Four. Maybe they don't win at all. But UNC, Duke, I mean, that's classic. It's historic, folks. I mean, come on. Come on. It's there. All UNC has to do is beat St. Peter's. I mean, yeah, Cinderella story. They all kind of collapse at some time, yeah? So... I don't know, folks. I'm taking Duke, and I'm taking Villanova plus the two and a half here, folks. So that's what we've got March Madness-wise. No more big-time spreads. 13, 7 points. We're looking at 4-2 and two now, folks. It's unfortunate. Once again, less games as the tournament moves on. Smaller spreads as the tournament moves on. I'm sure St. Peter's isn't going to be plus 13 tomorrow. We won't check in today. We'll save that surprise for tomorrow. But if they are, I'll take it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if we're getting any more big spreads. Truly unfortunate. So, Villanova, we're taking them plus the 2.5. Interesting that they are the under dogs here. I don't see it. And then we get Duke on the money line. Coach K's last ride. <coughs> Alrighty, that is all the March Madness we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NBA. <clears throat> Professional basketball now where they're all gearing up for the playoffs, folks. And, you know, we put the league on notice, folks. We're not going to take any more lackluster basketball play, folks. We're done with the lacklusterness. If you're truly a great team, show us. Show us on a consistent basis. Go up and wrap up a higher playoff seed than what you currently have at the current moment. There are, There is movement to be had, okay? So, go out there and take advantage, and there are some teams that did take advantage last night, so thank you all for, you know, taking our warning, uh, heeding our warning, and getting it done on the court, so we applaud some teams last night, and we are going to dig some teams last night as well. Also, we went, uh, we had two bets going in the NBA last night, they both hit bingo bango, so, I mean, y'all better, y'all better literally just heed warning. We know what we're talking about, we put y'all on notice, so go out there and get it done on the court, so. Here we go. A couple of games on in the NBA last night, so let's go over them here. Here we go. First game up, Jazz at the Hornets. This was a game that we bet on. Hornets plus three and a half. We love it. Hornets at home. Jazz on the road never shows up. The Jazz on the road never show up in this Jazz team. They've been so lackluster. And what did we do, folks? What did we do? We had them at number 10 in our power rankings, but last second we knocked them out because we were done. And we know what this Jazz team is all about. And they showed us last night exactly why we should kick them out of the top 10 and really give them no attention 
attention here on the show. They lose on the road to this Hornets team. Now, the Hornets are a good team, but the Jazz, I mean, uh, they should, this is a should win game, especially, you know, down the back and stretch of the season, folks. You gotta start winning games. Can y'all win games? The Jazz are proving that they cannot win games out here, folks. Jazz lose. Hornets win outright. We didn't even need the three and a half, but we'll take it anyway. Jazz get a six point win, 107-101 over the Utah Jazz. So done with the Jazz, folks. So gosh dang done with the Jazz. But let's start here with the Hornets since they got the win. LaMelo Ball, 21 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Great LaMelo Ball classic night. Terry Rogier, 25 points. Love seeing that by him. Mason Plumley, only one point. Only took one shot, missed it. Got his one point from the free throw line, but he had the 11 rebounds. That's what we know Mason Plumley is. And then Miles Bridge is adding another 26 points, 11 rebounds to it. Truly helping out the Hornets. Now, Kelly, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., a little bit of a lackluster game, only six points last night. Montrez Harrell in 19 minutes, nine points, four rebounds, pretty solid work. And then Cody Martin as well, only two points. So the bench a little bit lackluster last night, but the Hornets' defense locked it up, only allowed the Jazz to score 101 points in LaMelo Ball, and Terry Rozier get it done scoring and that's enough for this Hornets team to get the win and now for this Jazz team Donovan Mitchell he had 26 points 7 assists fantastic Rudy Gobert 11 points 19 rebounds fantastic but it's not enough to get this win this Jazz team does not know how to win games Mike Connolly 11 points 6 assists that was good Juancho Hernana Gomez in the starting lineup 14 points 5 rebounds Royce O'Neal let us down last night Six points on 25% shooting. But then the bench, folks. The bench was good. Jordan Clarkson, 19 points. Classic Jordan Clarkson. Eric Poshko, 11 points, two rebounds. Rudy Gay only plays 13 minutes last night, and he had three points on 20, uh, 12% shooting, letting us down there. But, man, oh, man, no excuses for this Jazz team of losing these games. But... <clears throat> Well done to the Hornets for the big win last night. And man, oh man, I mean, we, I mean, there is kind of, you know, this number 10 seed is kind of still up for grabs a little bit. Uh, since we kicked out the Jazz uh, yesterday on the show at number 10, we just kind of quickly put in the Pelicans. So this is really kind of a Pelicans, Hornets, maybe even a Nuggets race. We have Pelicans here at number 10 currently. We update our power rankings on Friday, but this was a great first game of the new week for this Hornets team to potentially crack the top 10 next Friday. Well done for the Hornets. Their back has a bent. Their back's bent against the wall this entire year. You know, at that kind of playing tournament, seed 9, 10, really all year long. And now, down the stretch, crunch time, winning games, making sure they secure a playing tournament game. And is there a way that this team can get up to the 8th seed in the playing tournament where they would have two chances of trying to uh, solidify a playoff spot? And yes, they do. They are only about two games out, a game and a half behind. So got to win kind of two games here to replace the Nets at the number eight seed to have two opportunities to secure a playoff spot. And that's uh, exactly what I'm kind of looking for. This Hornets team kind of winning me over a little bit, winning in the back end stretch of the season, folks. Truly impressive. Stay in the course. Hornets get the win. 107-101. They cover the three and a half. All that. Absolutely fantastic. Love it. Done with the Jazz. Done with the Jazz. Done with the Jazz.
All right, here we go. Next game up, we got the Wizards at the Pistons, and the Wizards pull it off, folks. They win 103-97, to 97, and we had a little bit of superstars going clutch and not clutch last night, so let's take it here. Final 30 seconds left in the game. Wizards down 1, 97-96. Porzingis gets the ball. No Kyle Kuzma last night. Porzingis takes a mid-range jump shot, and it goes. He takes the lead because he's clutch. So now Wizards up 1.98-97 following possession. Cade Cunningham trying his luck at a little bit of a mid-range floater and it does not fall. Unfortunate. And then the Pistons have to foul. Wizards now up by three. So Pistons have one final opportunity to tie up this game and send it into overtime with the three, but Rodney Magruder takes a three, and it's no good falling just short here, and the Wizards hold on and get a big old win, 197. Well done for Porzingis out there, buys lonesome on the floor, and he gets it done. Porzingis, 30 points, 10 rebounds. Man, oh man, clutch when he needs to be. Love seeing that. Uh, nothing else really fantastic by this Wizards team. It was really all Porzingis last night, but Denny Avidije comes Coming off the bench, 21 points, 10 rebounds. Rui Hachimura filling in at the three. Again, for Kyle Kuzma, 11 points, 5 rebounds. Those were the top three scores to get it done. And then once again, Pistons. I mean, a little bit of a disappointing game out here. This was a game that y'all needed to truly win last night. Uh, are the Pistons, let me double check, are the Pistons still in the running, potentially, no, they're officially out, alright, so nothing left to play for here, so, unfortunate, but, I mean, this Pistons team, they, they're, they're playing worse than really what they are overall, Cade Cunningham, only 22 points, he had 22 points, 9 assists, that was pretty good, 7 rebounds to go along with that, unfortunately, could not miss, could not make that clutch shot to kind of retake a lead there, and put the pressure on Porzingis to kind of go clutch again, so, unfortunately, Fortunate there. Cade Cunningham got to kind of, you know, shore up that clutch ability last night. Sadiq Bey only 8 points on 27% shooting. Not enough to get it done. And then Marvin Bagley ended up leading the team in scoring off the bench. 25 points, 5 rebounds. Rodney Magruder, he only made one shot all night. And he's taken the game tying 3. Ooh, you see the issue there? The man had 3 points on 1 of 8 from the 3, 1 of 12 from the field. Man, oh man, you let him take the game tying shot. I don't know about that one, but uh, Pistons end up losing by three last night, 197, and shout out to Przingis for holding it down for the Wizards last night. Fantastic. They get to win 197. All right, next game up here, and this is a team that impressed us, Jazz. Didn't impress us last night and, you know, did the classic jazz thing. Uh, but the Hawks, they did impress us last night. Well done. Beating the Warriors. And we know no Steph Curry last night. But you still got to worry about, you know, Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson. And they did their things. Jordan Poole, 24 points, 10 assists. Yeah, that's Steph Curry-esque. Klay Thompson, 37.7 rebounds. Yeah, that's Klay Thompson-esque. They both got it done. Everybody else didn't. Once again, that's kind of the, the bad spot that the Warriors are in right now. They're not the deepest team they really don't have anything really great coming off the bench Andrew Wiggins let us down again last night nine points last night four rebounds that's not enough we especially without Steph Curry we need Andrew Wiggins to get it done Draymond Green plays to five last night and he was a minus 24 on the floor the worst by far the man had four points and five rebounds I mean Draymond cannot play the five he's too small to play the five but 
That's what they rocked with, and it was just not good enough to win. But well done for the Hawks taking care of business. That's the first step, folks. We can't knock it, and that's kind of where the Hawks are right now. This is not a good team. This is not an elite team. They are still kind of taking the baby steps of becoming a good, formidable team in the NBA, and that first step is taking care of business. And at home, with the Steph Curryless Warriors, they take care of business and win by, what do we got, 11 points, 121 to 110. So we'll definitely take that by the Hawks. Uh, definitely in their position of, you know, trying to make that play in tournament and all that. So Hawks, good win, impressing us a little bit. We'll see if they can climb the ranks a little bit for the rest of the week. But Trey Young last night, 33 points, 15 assists. Absolutely magnificent performance. Everybody in the starting lineup truly got it done last night. Kevin Herter, 20.6 rebounds. Clint Capella, 19 points, 13 rebounds. Love seeing this man add an increased offensive role. Love seeing that. Danilo Gallinari going manic, 25 points, 5 rebounds. And then DeAndre Hunter with a solid 11 points, 3 steals, 3 assists, 3 rebounds last night. No Bogdan Bogdanovich coming off the bench, but they didn't even need him. So well done for the Hawks. First step is to win. Now let's string some wins together. That's been the Hawks kind of kryptonite all year long, stringing wins together. They haven't been able to do that. So if they're able to string a couple of wins together, maybe we get them into that 10th spot come Friday. It's going to be a tight battle between Pelicans, Nuggets, Hawks, and the Hornets. But hey, a spot is potentially up for grabs there. So go out and get the spot. That is the name of the game this week, folks. That is the overall message. Take advantage and go secure your spot. Go claim your spot. Get your spot. Bro, get your spot. Hawks win by 11, 121 to 110. Alright, and a team that disappointed us last night, the Miami Heat. What the hell is going on here? Absolutely. What the hell is going on? Miami. Come on. Come on. You're looking like last year, Miami, when in the beginning of the season you were back to bubble Miami that got to the finals. Not last season's irrelevant Miami team. Come on. You're better than this. Knicks down by 17 in the fourth quarter and they come back and win 111 to 103? The Knicks, they haven't been able to close out any games in the fourth quarter all year long, but you let it do it against your team? Man, oh man, Heat, done with the Heat, done with the Jazz. I don't know if there's any coming back for the Heat and the Jazz. I think they're truly done. We're writing them off, and I know there's still games left, but I've seen enough. How many more games do y'all need? It's like the NFL debate now of, you know, how many more opportunities do you need in overtime to win? You know, over a rules committee trying to you know, fix the overtime rules where everybody gets a possession. But at the end of the day, how, how many more possessions do you need? Buffalo Bills, how many more possessions did y'all need? How much more time did y'all need to beat the Chiefs? It, it's a little bit done. It, it's done. If you can't do it in a reasonable amount of time, it's done. All right, now you're just asking for extra help that nobody else gets. And now you need all the conditions to line up perfectly for y'all to say, hey, we finally won. It's a little bit enough now. It's enough. At the end of the day, you had 13 seconds, couldn't close out 13 13 seconds. What more do you need, Buffalo Bills? What more do we need to see Heat? Do you need an extra 20 games? Is 82 games not enough, Miami, to truly show that you're a good team? The Jazz, are 82 games not enough to truly show, hey, we belong in the top 10 of the power rankings? I mean, how much more do we have to wait around for y'all to get it together? I'm done. I'm done. I'm telling y'all. We told y'all last night, yesterday on the show, we are done. If you're not showing 
showing up and showing out on a daily consistent basis. We're done. Because there are teams are. We're done with you. Done. Miami Heat, we're done. Absolutely unacceptable last night. Jazz Heat, Heat a little bit more because it's against the Knicks where the Heat are rising. The Knicks, mm, they had no Julius Randle, which I guess is better for the team overall. But still, come on. Come on. Uh, Come on, Heat. Damn, y'all. Damn, y'all. We love the Heat. We want to root for the Heat. We don't want to kind of not recognize the Heat right off the Heat, folks. Come on. Y'all got us praising the Knicks. Y'all know we don't want to do that. But here we are. We have to. The, the game dictated that. So, Heat, done, done, done with y'all. Y'all are trash. Trash. I'm, 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 I won't label y'all trash right now, but that label is coming, folks. Done with the Heat. But the Knicks last night, we had Obi Toppin refilling in for Julius Randle at the four. 15 points, 8 rebounds, solid night. RJ Barrett, 18 points, 8 rebounds, solid night. Evan Fournier, 7 points on 2 of 10 from the 3. 18% from the field. Trash Evan Fournier, like always. Alec Burks at the other guard position, 12 points, 3 assists. Just mad overall. We still had Jericho Sims at the starting five. Love seeing that, actually. Um, you know... I do like Mitchell Robinson is better than Jericho Sims, but Jericho Sims, I mean, the, the young kid is getting it done, so I can't really knock it too much. Jericho Sims last night, a plus 19 on the floor. Fantastic. Six points, seven rebounds, getting it done defensively. We'll take it. Off the bench was the best for the Knicks last night. Emmanuel quickly, 23 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Still have no reason why that this man is still coming off the bench. Still have no reason why Evan Fournier is playing 29 minutes. Get that man down to 4 minutes maximum. Done with Evan Fournier. Done with the Heat. Done with the Jazz. Done with Evan Fournier, truly. Um, and then we had Mitchell Robinson. The other big 11 points, 7 rebounds coming off the bench as well. And that was enough to get it done. So, ugh, ugh, the Heat, wow, my goodness. And the Heat, they weren't really missing anybody last night. They had everybody last night. Jimmy Butler, 30 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. That wasn't enough. Jimmy Butler went manic last night, shooting 64%, 30 assists, and 7 rebounds. And y'all still don't get the win? That's unexcusable. Bam Adebayo, 17 points, 9 rebounds. Duncan Robinson, 2 of 7 from the 3, only 6 points. Classic Duncan Robinson game, but somehow he gets elevated in the media. We don't understand. Kyle Lowry, 17 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. Not bad overall. Tyler Hero, no Tyler Hero last night. A big reason kind of why they lost, you know, the sixth man of the year. Uh, kind of winner, front runner. So, not able to overcome no or no Tyler Hero. I mean, that can't be the Heat's kryptonite. Tyler Hero, one player cannot just be your kryptonite, folks. We talk about it all the time. Once again, what happens if a team is missing a player? That's why Jokic is so impressive and kind of why he's our front runner of MVP is that, yes, he's the sixth seed, but he's getting it done when he's really kind of the only player out there. No Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. for the entire season. I mean, here we go. No Victor Oladipo, no Tyler Hero, and this Heat team can't beat the Knicks? I mean, come Come on, come on. You shouldn't need Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo to beat a Knicks squad out here. Come on. So, Heat let us down. They get obliterated by eight points. They lose 111-103. Heat, please, 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 please. Seriously, please, get it together. 
All right, next game up here. Wow, wow, what a great win. What a great win. What a great win by the Timberwolves last night. They blow out the Mavericks 116 to 95, folks. And this is why we have the Timberwolves at number 5. I don't know. I'm sure y'all were kind of calling us a little bit crazy. I think we are I think we do have the Timberwolves as kind of like the highest of everybody's power rankings. Can I quickly bring up uh when was the last time people updated their power rankings? Let me quickly take a look cuz I don't know if people have uh the Timberwolves that high. I'm interested to see where everybody has the Timberwolves. What do we got this guy? Uh, they've got the... Okay, I respect it. They got the Timberwolves at 7, the Mavs at 6. This is kind of interesting. They got the 76ers at 5, Mavericks at 6, Timberwolves at 7, and we have the Timberwolves at 5, the 76ers at 6, and the Mavericks at 7. So the 5, 6, 7, uh, are, are, we've got the same teams, just a different order. So, okay, I respect that. Um, this is uh, Sean Grad, CBS, on March 24th. So, okay, we respect it. Hoop Central doesn't even have the Timberwolves at their top 10. <laughs> what the hell is up with that? What the hell is up with that? They got Mavs 6, 76ers at 7. So once again, 5, 6, 7, Mavs, 76ers, Timberwolves need to be in that discussion. Absolutely. What else we got? Uh, any other power rankings? NBA's power rankings on March 21st. They got t oh, they only do the top five. They don't got the Timberwolves at the top five, but we have the Timberwolves at five. Um, anybody else here want to chime in? The Celtics fan page. They don't even have the Celtics at number one. The hell is up with that? Celtics fan page. The Celtics are good. You can have them at number one. It's all right. All right. Trying to not to look biased? Okay. Um, okay. Uh, no Timberwolves. They only do a top eight. All right. Um, anybody else want to chime in? The Athletic. The Athletic. All right, what do y'all got? You know, charging a dollar a month subscription, so this should be a good top 10. And they don't even have the Timberwolves at their top 10. Why are the Timberwolves not in the top 10? Can I ask that question? Why Why the Jazz? Why the Jazz in the top 10? The Athletic. Y'all are charging a dollar for having the Jazz in the top 10? Uh, that's why y'all not getting my dollar a month. Y'all are not getting my dollar a month by having the Jazz in the top 10. No way. Um, the Volume. The Volume. Jason Timps, uh, who's got his own show on The Volume. Um, we want to show, we want to show on the volume. I'm going to, I'm going to come out and say it right now. I want to show on the volume. I'll put it out there. Uh, they don't even have the Timberwolves. You know what got the Timberwolves in the top 10? You got the Jazz at number 10. You got to kick the Jazz out. I know they've got the record and the depth and the health and all that, folks. We fell, we, uh, yeah, we did. We fell for it a little bit. Two, three weeks ago, we had the Jazz at number one. Fools on us. But, hey, you got to kind of wake up when you need to wake up. And we woke up right in time, folks. You got to kick the Jazz out the top 10. Kick them out. It's all right. It's a safe place. Kick them out and replace them with the Timberwolves. Also, move the Timberwolves up a little bit higher. Heat are way overvalued at six right here. No, 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 no. Um, they can't beat the Knicks. I mean, come on. And I know this is a couple days ago, so it's all right. You did it on March 22nd. It's all right. Make the make the correction. Kick the Jazz out the top ten and somehow fit the Timberwolves in. I don't care how you do it. <laughs> you got to do it. So... <clears throat> Only one, only one person, CBS, has the Timberwolves in the top 10? That's a little disrespectful, I think, folks. Let's correct it. Jazz out. Timberwolves need to be in, folks. We got them at number five. We love them. Timberwolves with the absolute win, dominant win last night, 116.95.
over the Mavericks. Great win last night. Let's start with the big three of the Timberwolves. DeAndre Russell, 15 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Magnificent. Carl Anthony Towns, 20 points, 9 rebounds. Love it. Anthony Edwards, 12 points. Come on. A little bit better. He was a plus 24 on the floor overall. So, great positive production there. We know Anthony Edwards, great defense, great athleticism, all that. But we still want more points. You know, we want all the big three here for the Timberwolves. DeAndre Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. All kind of 20 plus points a game out here. And we've seen Anthony Edwards, you know, skidding a little bit ever since the All-Star break, a little bit before the All-Star break. So he shot 42% from the field. All right. 04 from the three. Not good. Let's pump those numbers up a little bit here. But shout out to the Timberwolves, you know, role players of all getting it done. I mean, we had Patrick Beverly with 10 points. We had Jared Vanderbilt with 12.6 rebounds off the bench. Magnificent work. Jordan McLaughlin, 16 points, 5 rebounds. Teron Prince, 14 points, 5 rebounds. So, hey, great production. This is what we want to see out of the Timberwolves team. Greatness from the big three, but also great from the role players. And here we are, everybody getting it done last night. Love that by the Timberwolves. They take care of business at home. And then for the Mavericks last night, Luka Doncic, 24 points, 8 assists, 10 rebounds, 5 of 11 from 3. Classic Luka Doncic game. We had Dwight Powell at the 5, 13 points, 5 rebounds, and Jalen Brunson with 11 points, and Spencer Dinwiddie also still coming off the bench. We don't love it. Still coming off the bench, though. 11 points. Those were the top four scores, folks. Only one person in 20-plus. Everybody else hovering around 10-plus. So that's not going to get it done by the Mavericks. Once again, they kind of live and die by the three a little bit. They shot 10 of 43 from the three. They shot 23% from the three last night, and that's truly what killed them. So the Mavericks, they live and die by the three. It's a dangerous game. They've made it work so far. Couldn't make it work last night. Timberwolves get the big win. They need respect respect. Carl Anthony Towns didn't win a three-point competition for no respect. Yes. Let's give the Timberwolves some respect out here. They get the big win. 20-point uh, win. 21-point win. Winning 116-95. to 95. Great win. Alright, next game up here is the Rockets at the Blazers, and well done. We almost we almost got tricked into uh, betting on the Blazers last night, but we came to our sets since last second and did not take uh, the four or five points that Vegas was offering, and I'm glad we didn't because the uh, Rockets get the big win, 125 to 106 over the Blazers last night. Finally, finally somebody beats this Blazers lackluster Blazers team with nobody. So for the Rockets last night, Christian Wood didn't even have a great game. He went 10 points, 11 rebounds. Okay. Uh, Ja'Shawn Tate, 17 points. We had Jalen Green leading score with 23 points. Greatness from the bench. Dennis Schroeder, 14 points. Kenyon Martin, 16 points. And Josh Christopher, 14 points. So that was a great bench contribution to help out for the Rockets last night. And then for the Blazers, once again, <laughs> no Pretty good starting lineup. We had their starting guard, Brandon Williams, two points and two assists on 10% shooting. That tells you everything you need to know about this Blazers team. No Anthony Simons. They can't get it done. And we saw that last night. Rockets get the win, 125 to 106. And then the last game of the night, our last bet to go four for four on the day. We had 76ers minus five, and they had no problem taking care of business, winning by 25. They get the win, 122-97 to 97 over the Clippers. Once again, this Clippers team, they are not as good as they were. 
the first about month that they lost Paul George. This is not a good Clippers team anymore, and it is truly unfortunate. The role players have kind of taken them uh, the highest that they can go. They've reached their ceiling without Paul George. Now, with Paul George back in, yeah, this team can, you know, re-back be up there to a tough out status. Uh, they'd still not be able to win a ring, but they'd be a tough out status in the playoffs when Paul George does come back, if he does come back. But he is not here, so we don't have to worry about that. But the 76ers last night, everybody was good to go. We were a little hesitant, but we still charged forward with the bet. James Harden, 29 points, 7 assists, 15 rebounds, going manic last night. Loved it. Joel Embiid, 27 points, 10 rebounds. The James Harden, Joel Embiid connections just too gosh dang good. Tyrese Maxey, a little bit of a down game last night, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. Tobias Harris, 12 points on 50% shooting, we'll take it. And then Matisse Dybul with the nice 13 points. Once again, the bench, a little lackluster last night. Georges Niang, no points, 17 minutes, only 2 shots, come on. Shake Milton, 7 points, 5 assists, need those numbers up. And then Danny Green, 8 points on 2 of 4 from the 3. So, once again, the bench, I, we need more solid, consistent production. Like, there's no reason Shake Milton, Georges Niang, Danny Green, Furkin Korkmaz, I mean, two of those players should always be having 10-plus points off the bench. I mean, there's really no excuse for that. So, if we can get that, this 76ers team is truly going to be one of the best teams in the league, but they are a little bit too reliant on, you know, their bigs, Joel Embiid and James Harden. So... And it's working now, but we'll see, you know, we know their playoff track record. It's not the greatest. So they are going to need some help at some point in the playoffs. So bench better be ready. Tobias Harris better be ready. And we'll see if Tyrese Maxey can carry the load when need be in the playoffs. I think he can, but we'll see. All right, and then for the Clippers, Reggie Jackson having a poor night. 11 points, no assists. 11 points, no assists. Reggie Jackson, what the hell are you doing? Amir uh, Coffey, nice, great, best night uh, last night for the Clippers. 21 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. We get some good glimpses of Amir Coffey being real solid out here. So once again, the Clippers, they just don't have that superstar. They've got the role players, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard. I mean, Robert Covington all coming off the bench. I mean, that's good. This is good, winnable, solid team. They just need that superstar. Once again, you need a big third. The Clippers, they've got a big two. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. You need at least one of them to be competitive. And they haven't had Paul George in a long, long, very long time. Um, so, yeah, just unfortunate by the Clippers last night. Not able to get it done. Shout out to Isaiah Hartenstein coming off the bench. 16 points, 9 rebounds, but just not enough at the end of the day. 76ers get the big old win, 122-297 last night. All right, last thing before we talk about betting in the NBA last night, we got an update on James Wiseman, the Warriors big. That's supposed to be the future big of the Warriors. <gasps> James Harden has been ruled out for the rest of the season and will continue rehabilitating his right knee. So a little bit of a bust so far. Hasn't played this entire season. Barely played last season. I mean, man, oh, man, the Warriors are needing something. They need that great big. A great big truly sends this Warriors team back to, you know, their prime 2014, 15, 16, 17. Splash Brothers, fantastic. But they need the big. Draymond's great. He's not a true big. Big. He's a nice piece out there. He's a big beef piece, but he's not a true big out there. So they need James Wiseman back. They're not getting him back this season. We'll see if he's ever good to go next year. What's the case? But James Wiseman being shut down for the rest of the year. Unfortunate. All right, that was all the NBA from last night. Now let's see how we can make a little bit of money in the NBA tonight. We went 2 of 2 in the NBA last night. Finger on the pulse, loving everything about it. So let's keep up these great numbers and keep up that cash flow. Cash got to be coming in, folks. Cash going out, cash got to come back in. Y'all know the deal. So let's cash back in, yes? Here we go. 
Handful of games on in the NBA tonight, so we can parse through the value. Fantastic. Here we go. First game up, we got the Spurs at the Pelicans. And man, oh man, the Spurs team truly turning a corner a little bit. Truly fighting for that final play in tournament seed at the 10th spot. Lakers, Spurs, looks at, and even the Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans and the Lakers have the same record. So 9 and 10. Spurs, it's up for grabs. Try to go out and claim it. So this is going to be a good, good competitive game out here. Spurs plus six and a half. Wow. Pelicans minus six and a half. Oof. I love the Pelicans, but let's see if Brandon Ingram's playing. This this spread truly shows like Brandon Ingram is playing. So let's see. For the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, a game time decision. Mm, let's double check here. Let's go to NBA Fantasy Labs, our favorite Twitter account. That's got all the up-to-date news here. We got any news on Brandon Ingram. Seth Curry will play. That's big for the Nets. We got to keep that in mind. Goran Dragic will play for uh, Saturday as well. But we've got no information on our man, Brandon Ingram. So we got to stay away from the minus six and a half here. But, but the Spurs getting plus six and a half, that's kind of tempting to me. I'm not going to lie. Let's see the ins and outs here for the Spurs. For the Spurs, Lonnie Walker is out. Devin Vassell's a game time decision. But the Spurs team, folks. Really impressive. Two-game winning streak out here. You know, 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but they're trying their damnedest to secure that, you know, play-in tournament spot. So Spurs getting points here. I think I like it. I'm going to stay away from this one in general. I think this should be a close game. That's why I'm leaning towards the points, but Brandon Ingram plays. I can't bet against the big three of the Pelicans like that, but I also can't swallow the 6.5 here with Brandon Ingram being a game-time decision. I think the Pelicans take care of business. I think it's close, uh, but I'm not going to bet it. I think it's too close close for me to truly call minus 240 on the money line of the Pelicans not great value anymore once we're talking about minus 200 on money lines that's where we kind of stay away from it and we'll just stay away from betting the game overall that's not good value I'll swallow a minus 180 a minus 160 but once I cross that minus 200 threshold it's just not worth it at the end of the day uh, let's just kind of play around with the number right here Pelicans minus 240 I mean you bet 50 bucks you win 20 I mean, that's not a good bet to me. Bet risk, risk 50 to win 20. Mm, I need a little bit more juice than that. So that's why we're saying anything minus 200 and above, uh, I don't think we, we're comfortable on risking it at that payout rate, I guess. So, Spurs-Pelicans should be an absolute great one. It's at 5 o'clock today, first game of the day. Really wish this was on television. I mean, these teams need a little bit more recognition, a little bit more love. I mean, they're vying, they're fighting for a playoff spot. And isn't that what the NBA wants now? You know, expand the playoffs so no more just kind of phoning it in at the end of the season. You know, just losing to lose for a better kind of lottery odds and all that. They want more competition at the end of the season. And they want more excitement. Well, you got it right here. Put it on television. Come on, come on. Is it that hard? Is it that hard? Jeez. So, should be a great one. Got to use NBA League Pass to watch it, though, I'm sure. So, unfortunate. Unfortunate. But it should be a great game. So, can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to watch it tonight and talk about it tomorrow. But we will not bet it. We will not bet it. We will watch, but not bet. All right, next game up here, we got the Kings and the Magic. Two really bad teams here. Uh, Kings did win the trade, so they got that going for them. Kings plus 2.5, Magic minus 2.5. For the Kings, Sabonis is still out. De'Aaron Fox is still out. We love Davian Mitchell, but no Sabonis. We'll stay away from it. For the Magic, uh, everybody's kind of good to go. Wendell Carter, a game-time decision. But uh, two trash teams out here. Trash teams at the end of the year, folks. Everything could be wonky, so there's no point. I truly, you know, we got to start writing off some teams that we can't bet anymore. Kings, Magic, definitely two names up there. Trash teams that really have nothing to play for. Kings, I don't believe, can still get the playing tournament. 
What do we got with the Kings at? Yeah, Kings done. Kings basically done. I mean, they can. They're about six, seven games out. You know, teams got about like eight to ten games left. So it's doable. I don't see it happening, especially with no Sabonis. So we'll stay away from this one. Two trash teams. No thank you. No thank you. Next game up, we got the Pacers at the Raptors. Pacers plus 11, Raptors minus 11. Man, oh man, big time spread out here. There's no bettability on this Pacers team. I mean, once again, they've just been letting us down these last two games. Really kind of winnable games. No John Moran with the Grizzlies. They can't get it done. They can't beat the kind of head-to-head -head matchup with the Kings. It's, it's just a little abysmal by this Pacers team. And I don't know, we like this Raptors team. Don't get us wrong, but I'm not ready to swallow 11 with them. I don't think they're at that level at the current moment. So, no no great value here. No bet ability really kind of on these teams at the current moment. We stay away from it. Next game, we got the Nets at the Heat. Heat on the back-to-back, -back, so we stay away from it. Nets minus 3.5. Seems like a good value. They're on the road, so Kyrie can play. Kevin Durant can play. We get Seth Curry playing. Fantastic. And Ben Simmons is still not quite ready to make that debut. For the Heat, we get Victor Oladipo is still out. Gabe Vincent is out. And Tyler Hero is out as well. So I do love the Nets minus 3.5 here, folks. I really do. I really do love this. It is on the back-to-back, -back, though. We've, our, we've already breaking that, broke that rule once this week, so we don't need to push anything. <coughs> but if y'all don't have a rule of betting back-to-backs, yeah, I would endorse y'all to take the Nets minus 3.5. We just can't take it over here, though. <coughs> All right. Here we go. All right, running out of games. Got to get one here. Got to get at least one here, right? I guess we do have the, uh, the NBA or the March Madness to fall back on. So, all right. All right, here we go. And look at this. I mean, as we're talking about, you know, kind of that minus 200 threshold here, we get the update. Now Duke on the money line is at minus 195. So they're close to us not even betting that game either. Jeez Louise. All right, but let's keep going here. Last four games in the NBA. We got the Bulls at the Cavs. Bulls at the Cavs. Bulls plus two. Cavs minus two. Now, this is a game that the Bulls can definitely win. This Cavs team has been uh, on a little bit of a skid as of recently. Hasn't been reliable. We get the Bulls plus two. Seemingly like good value, but let's check the ins and outs. For the Bulls, we get DeMar DeRozan a game-time decision. Alex Caruso a game-time decision. Good. Put Kobe White in the starting lineup. Jeez Louise. Uh, and then for the Cavs, Jared Allen is still out. So, uh, man, oh, man. Cavs letting us down. Bulls, no bet ability there. We got to stay away from this one. I know the, the Bulls should win this game. This is a winnable game, but we know they flounder on winnable games and all that. Uh, just got blown out by the Pelicans in their last meeting. And the Pelicans are good, but shouldn't be blowing out a Bulls team. That's how bad the Bulls are. And we can't can't bet on the Bulls, folks. That's kind of that's, that should be a new rule as well. We can't bet on this Bulls team, folks. Don't fall for this Bulls team. Now, we can't bet the Cavs minus two because they've been skidding as well. So, guys, just stay away from this game in totality. Truly unfortunate. Limiting our betting options. And if you're a team that limits our betting options, you know, we look at you in an unfavorable light because you earn that. I mean, if there's no bettability on you, why are we talking about you? Honestly, no bettability either way in that game. Unfortunate. Gotta stay away from it. Alrighty, here we go. Next game up, we got the Bucks at the Grizzlies. Bucks plus a point and a half. Grizzlies minus a, what? 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 John Morant still out. What the hell is going on here? Brandon Clark out. John Morant out. Killian Tilly is out for the Grizzlies. For the Bucks, Giannis a game time decision. Chris Middleton a game time decision, and Drew Holiday is out. So I'm definitely assuming Chris Middleton or Giannis is going to be out with the spread being like this. We know the Grizzlies are good without John Morant, but I mean to give the Bucks. 
Bucks a point and a half against the Grizzlies team that has no John Morant. I mean, this is one of the best teams in the league. I think they can take care of business. We know some other teams that can take care of business, absolutely, but I think the Bucks will take care of business. So the spread a little wonky, some questionables on the game time decision, so we'll have to stay away from this game for the current moment. Maybe we bet it a little bit closer to game time. Once again, stick to our Twitter, at TakesByFans. If we're taking the game, we'll tweet it out, but we'll have to stay away from it right now. All right, final two games. Come on, give me something. Can y'all give me something today, Vegas? Damn, because we bankrolled, we, we bank robbed you, <laughs> bank robbed you last night. You don't want to give us any great value tonight? All right, we see the game you're playing. We see the game you're playing, Vegas. All right, here we go. Final two games. We got the Thunder at the Nuggets. Thunder, ma. Thunder plus 15. Nuggets minus 15. Jeez, he's too big of a spread here, folks. Uh, Shea Gills Alexander is a game time decision, and that's like the only positive of taking plus 15 there if Shea Gills Alexander plays. So, big spread like this, game time decision, he may not go. For the Nuggets, everybody's good to go. And look at this Michael Porter Jr., a game time decision. Wow, oh, wow. Do they get Michael Porter Jr. back? That'd be absolutely fantastic. So, we'll wait around for that. Not going to swallow 15 there. We'll stay away from it. Final game of the night. Rockets, Blazers. Uh, Rockets on the back-to-back. -back. No, thank you. Didn't they just face? Hang on, hang on. Didn't they just face yesterday? Rockets, Blazers? Rockets, Blazers. Wow, they have a back-to-back -back like that on back-to-back -back nights? Yeah, definitely got to stay away from this one. Um, yeah, we, that's double Cardinal sin right there. Back-to-back -back and back-to-back -back series. No way we can take that. Anthony Simons is, uh, uh, is out. Unfortunate. So, yeah, definitely staying away from that. So, y'all are giving us nothing to work with here. Absolutely insane. Do I break the rule just to kind of fit a game in? That's minus three and a half. They've got the bench. I know we know that Kyrie and K KD can't always get it done themselves, but getting that bench of Seth Curry or just kind of that role player of Seth Curry, that could truly push them over the edge in the heat on the back-to-back, -back, not having their kind of, you know, uh, bench pieces there, so the starter's going to be tired a little bit. Nets minus three and a half. I don't want to break the rule twice in a week, but we've got nothing to bet here. We're going to break it again, folks. We're going to break our rule again. And I know the last time we, the last time we said that, uh, when we broke our rule, we said we don't break our rule willy-nilly and do, you know, uh, you know oh, we got to break the rule today and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. No, no, no. Uh, oh, I'm torn. Nets minus three and a half. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, We'll stay away from it for right now. Once again, we may take it a little bit later. Let me think about it a little bit more. I don't know if I can call it right now on the show. Stick to our Twitter. I takes my fans. We may. F well, I endorsed it for y'all. It's just whether we take it or not. So I endorsed it for y'all. I just don't know if I can break our sin again. So it's up for y'all. It's up for y'all. I, I give y'all permission to bet the Nets minus three and a half. That's what it comes down to. It's whether we do it or not. Hmm, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait a little bit before I officially lock it in. So, officially not taking anything in the NBA right now, but we'll see if that changes a little bit later. And we're rocking with Duke and Villanova for our only bets today. Villanova plus 2.5 Duke on the money line. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL. There's some stories I want to break down to, and we'll see if we can get to Malik Willis, seeing how good of a quarterback that man is. Alrighty. So here we go. Stories in the NFL. What do we got to talk? What do we got to talk about? Here we go. All right. First one up here. We got Scott Fitterer. Scott Fitterer, I believe the general manager of the Panthers. He was talking a lot yesterday, folks. And I was seeing kind of, you know, the breaking kind of, you know, attention grabbing click 
clickbait headlines. Some quick quotes here uh, saying Sam Darnold's kind of the, at the starting spot for being the starter, kind of the front runner to be the starter next season, saying that the door is still open for Cam Newton. And both those things you should be ashamed of yourselves for uttering. I mean, no, no, no. Sam Darnold needs to be kicked out of the league. Cam Newton, you had your run. It's done. It's over. Once again, it's hard to do anything more than four years. And we should, it's not, we're not, we're not knocking Cam Newton because of that. He had his four year stretch. It was good. He won an MVP. He got to a Super Bowl. I mean, that's a huge ass four year stretch that you should definitely be proud of and kind of separates you from, you know, most of the other kind of field, uh, just kind of field players of the NFL. So, you had your time. You just got to be done. Sam Donald, you're never it. You're not going to be it. You're done. Your career's already over, really, kind of before it started. Cam Newton, you had a good career. Just right off into the sunset. Stop it out here. You're not good anymore. You're not good anymore. You're just not good anymore. You're a good runner, but you, you want to be the guy. So, you, you, you won't kind of take a backup role and kind of sit behind the starter and only be, you know, used as a gadget player. You won't do that. So, you just got to retire from the league. You're done, done, done. But, Scott Fitterer says otherwise here. We know this Panthers team is... a it kind of in an abysmal state right now. Matt Rule's a really not good head coach. They've got no quarterback. Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy, so uh, what are we doing offensively? Defense is okay, but you need an offense here. Offensive-minded guy. We need offense. Offense. You see the AFC? They're loaded with offense, so if somehow the Panthers do get out of the NFC, somehow they get to the Super Bowl. Somehow, it's going to be a rude awakening in the Super Bowl when you're facing a hyper-offensive team that has, still has great pass rushers. You're not winning a ring with this roster with this team, with this head coach, you're not getting it done. So you must blow it all up, but Scott Fitterer according to the clickbait headline, says something else. So let's go into this article. Let's see the actual quotes. Let's see what this man is truly saying out here. He's got a lot to say. So let's see. Is this man winning us over? Are the Panthers going to be kind of, you know, big on us? Are we going to be big on the Panthers come next season? I don't see how we can do that. But let's see if Scott Fitterer is trying to turn the corner here for us because, I mean, this Panthers team, one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, that's where they are right now this offseason at this moment. This is one of the worst teams in the league. I take the uh, the Lions over them. Give me the Lions. Give me the Lions over the Panthers. Who else is trash in the NFL? Lions are not that great. Giants, definitely give me the Giants. Washington, absolutely. Give me the Lions. Give me the Bears. Um, give me the Falcons with Marcus Mariota, absolutely. Give me the Seahawks with no Russell Wilson and no quarterback at the current moment. Um, give me the Jaguars. Give me the Texans, absolutely. Uh, the Jets, I don't know if I go that far. Jets, uh, but uh, still overall, they've got Zach Wilson, who's better than anybody on the Panthers. Zach Wilson right now is better than Cam Newton. Yes, sir. I said that at this current moment, not overall career career wise. Okay, folks, I get it. But right now at this current moment, you say you want Zach Wilson or Cam Newton. I go Zach Wilson. So, I mean, Panthers. Yeah, I mean, last last or second last. That's neither of those positions you want to be in. So, Scott Fitterer, what do you got to say for yourself? What do you got to say for your team? What is the direction you're heading in? Try to win us over, but it's going to take a lot. So, let's see if you can start that process of winning us over. What do you got to say? So here we go. Tons of quotes to go over. What is this man truly saying? Here we go. First, lead up to the first quote. The Carolina Panthers don't have a firm answer at quarterback. They have options, but lack 
clarity at this point of this offseason. That's great. That's exactly where you want to be. At the end of free agency, trying to get ready for the draft, and your, your lack of clarity at the quarterback position is where you are right now. This is what we're saying. We know the Panthers made absolutely no moves in free agency so far where everybody's getting, you know, you know uh, Tyreek Hills. Tyreek Hills up for grabs, and Russell Wilson's up for grabs, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers was a little bit up for grabs, and he still went back to the Packers, but there was quarterbacks to be had. We still got Jimmy Garoppolo out there. We still got Baker Mayfield out there potentially. So what are we doing, Carolina? Why are you just waiting, 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 waiting around? You're not in the business of waiting around. You're not a team that can wait around. You're a team that must spend, overspend to try and have any meaningful wins this season. So what the hell are y'all doing? The Panthers are already behind the eight ball. Well, they were behind the eight ball last season. Now they're behind the eight ball again this season. So they're double behind the eight ball. They're behind the 16th ball out here, folks. Come on. Back to the article. Here we go. Lead up. They have options, but lack clarity at this point in this offseason, which means it's likely the Panthers will add to the positions in the offseason. General Manager Scott Fitterer said as much Friday, while also including those still on the roster, Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker, in consideration for 2022. Sam Darnold should not be in consideration for anything. A starting role, a backup role, a third-string role, no. Get this man out of the league. P.J. Walker, yeah, he could be the backup, absolutely. I got no problem with this man being the backup, the starter. Eh, we kind of saw that a little bit this season. Eh, not the greatest. But at the end of the day, it is Matt Rule as the head coach. So, yeah, I, I, take a chance to, I take a chance on P.J. Walker. Keep that man on the roster, but you exile Sam Darnold immediately. Get that man out of the league. The man is trash, folks. Trash. And I'm comfortable saying trash because a man can barely throw 60% completion percentage. That's trash. Done. Done. Done with him. All right, first quote by Sam Fitterer. What do you got to say? He says, quote, Yeah, the whole key is bringing Sam along. <laughs> Yikes. We threw him last year kind of limited OTAs and everything that we had. You know, we have to develop our own guys in PJ Walker as well, but I think we will look to add to the group as well. That's one emphasis going into this, whether it's through the draft trade or wherever it may be, we're going to add to the room. So yes, that's exactly what I want to hear. You must add to the room here. If you want to kind of, you know, once again, you know, talk up Sam Darnold because he's on your team. I get it. You have to do that. But the most important thing is that you don't believe your own lies. So don't believe your own lie that Sam Darnold's good and you need to keep him on your team. And, oh, you only struggled because we kind of, you know, limited him because we threw him in late and OTAs and all that. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't, uh, don't buy into those own excuses. Sam Darnold is not good. So looking to kind of, you know, add through the draft, free agency. You had your chance. Why were you kind of waiting on free agency? There was already quarterbacks moved. Now, there are still some names out there. Gardner Minshew's a big name, but I don't want him going to Carolina because then his career would be over. Gardner Minshew has shown big promises, folks, uh, in Jacksonville. He's not going to be able to overcome Jacksonville and Carolina. It's going to be too much, and he would fade into oblivion, not getting a fair shake, a second fair shake out here. So I don't want Gardner Minshew to go to the Panthers, but that is an option. Jimmy Garoppolo, once again, I don't want him to go to the Panthers. He won't go to the Panthers, and the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo are working together for a trade. That was the last thing we heard. So they're not going to trade him to the Panthers either. So no quarterback really wants to go to the Panthers. You have to kind of be forced to draft wise. So we'll see how all that plays out. But I'm glad that Scott Fitterer is truly kind of saying, hey, we need a little bit of a more better quarterback room. PJ Walker's fine. Sam Darnold, he's on a roster. I'll talk about him in a manner, but he's not good. So love that they're trying to 
find another quarterback out here, and that's why we're kind of watching Malik Willis a little bit later in the show to truly see, is this man a viable option? Is he better than Sam Darnold? I'm sure he is because it's not that hard to be better than Sam Darnold. All right, so first quote, good overall. You, you said some boilerplate stuff. You had to kind of praise Sam Darnold. You have to play praise the players on your team. We say that all the time, whether you know it or not, whether you truly believe it or not, or whether you know that you're truly going to get rid of him before the season starts or not. If he's on your team right now, you can't disrespect. You can't knock the quarterback. You can't knock any player on your team at the current moment. So we've got no problem with Scott Fitterer saying that and love saying seeing that he's wanting to improve through the draft. All right. What else do you got to say here? Let's read the second lead up. Here we go. Carolina has also been busy in the offseason, adding pieces to both sides of the ball with the intent to provide as much freedom as possible to select the player they want most at number six. Their work has Fitterer, quote, excited about it, says, quote, it frees up for the draft so we can go multiple ways with the first pick. Alrighty, um, you haven't added any big names, any great names, so whatever you added is just mediocre, medio- mediocrity out there, okay. Uh, here we go. It seems most signs are pointing towards selecting a quarterback. If so, the Panthers could be looking at sending a rookie out with the starters in week one, a possibility with which Fitterer seems comfortable. Thank you. Yes, now we're kind of getting there. Says, quote, I think all these guys are capable of being starters. Sam Darnold is not. No, he is not. You're lying to yourselves. You must know that you're lying to yourself. I've got no problem with you saying it out loud. Oh, yeah, you know, he's capable of being a starter. But don't believe your own lies. That's where teams get into trouble, when they start believing their own lies. Yes, we know at the general manager, head coaching position, you must kind of play the media game, play the word game. I get it. But don't believe your own lies. That's going to lead to Dire consequences, not being good like this team already is. Do not believe your own lies. Back to the quote. It says, quote, I think once you get them, you develop a plan of how you want to deal with them. We're starting that process now. Hey, what can we do? Ideally, every quarterback, no matter what it would be, whoever it is, would sit a little while and learn. However, when it's time, it's time, and they'll let you know. So, all right, Scott Fitter is saying, hey, we're trying to take it slowly with these quarterbacks that we get new. Uh, we think we have the pieces so these quarterbacks can sit, but when it's time, it's time, and whatever happens, happens. So they may have to start a little bit sooner. So I love that he's alluding to the fact that, hey, the starter or the rookie quarterback that we're going to draft, he's going to be the week one starter. But we can't say that because of the other quarterbacks on the team, but mm, look at the quarterbacks on the team. They speak for themselves. So, all right, Scott Fitterer, I like he's playing the game a little bit. I respect playing the game, no problem. Here we go. Uh, now we're talking about kind of potential trade options, and they bring up Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. Love to see what this man says about this. Here we go, continuing with the lead-up of the third quote. But what if Carolina finds a suitable option via trade? Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo remain available via trade through the Panthers, uh, though the Panthers haven't indicated they're interested in either player. Why would you not? They're an upgrade. Baker Mayfield's better than Sam Darnold. Jimmy is better than Sam Darnold. There is no debate on that, folks. There is no debate. J- Sam Darnold is trash. He's the worst quarterback back of all time. He's Ryan Leaf. Worse. Worse than Ryan Leaf. Done with the man. Says, quote, haven't had any conversations recently with teams about that. I think we'll explore every option, whether it's the draft or trade. It's just the team's got to call you, and nobody's called us recently about that. No, no, no. They don't. Why, why are you waiting for the teams to call you? You're the Panthers. Nobody's going to call you. Who's going to call the Panthers? 
because nobody wants Christian McCaffrey anymore. He's injured two years in a row. The injury history, he's done. He's done. He's not going to, you're not going to get a first round pick. You may get a second, but that's like max. Like you're looking at a third, third round draft pick in exchange for Christian McCaffrey. So nobody's calling you. Why are you thinking play, teams are going to call you? Nobody's going to call you, Carolina. Nobody's going to try and deal with Carolina. There's nothing to deal. You got to sell. Hey, Christian McCaffrey's looking real good. He can stay healthy. Yeah, we got it all figured out. It's all fixed. Uh, you know, we're looking to move him. So, hey, you know, quarterback, first-round pick. Here he is. You got to sell. You got to sell. You got to turn into used car salesman. What are you doing, uh, Fitterer? Oh, no team's called us, so we don't really know. No team's called Have you not seen what's been going on? Russell Wilson got dealt. Call teams. Will y'all call? Oh, you you had a Scott Fitterer, you had us, and now you just lost us because you're waiting around for teams to call you. Newsflash, you're one of the worst teams in the league. Nobody's calling you. You've got nothing nobody wants. Oh, my God. Scott, you had us. You were saying, hey, whatever quarterback we draft, they're going to be the starter. But no, you've lost us here. Damn you. Darn you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I think we'll explore every option. You think you'll explore? Teams are already exploring. Do you not what is do you not know free agency has already started? That teams are making blockbuster trades, that this is the wildest offseason in NFL history, and you're still waiting around for teams to call you? I think we'll explore every option, whether it's the draft or trades. It's just the teams gotta call you and nobody's called us recently about that. Nobody's called you, so you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs because the phone's not ringing you go you make the phone ring what are we doing carolina's doomed folks doomed they've been doomed because they still have matt rule as their core uh, as their head coach but scott fitterer waiting around for teams to call them unbelievable Aaron Rodgers wasn't you know uh, the four, uh, the Green Bay Packers said all year long hey you know uh, he's not up for sale you know we're not taking calls but teams were still calling about it just because the you know, team's not calling you or they say no you don't call you push that sells that sells you push 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 that's advertising why do they show the same commercials uh 4000 times a day because nobody buys on the first look it takes beating you parading you over that buy the cheeseburger buy the cheeseburger look how good this cheeseburger is buy the buy the cheeseburger hey will you buy the cheeseburger buy the cheeseburger Hey, this cheeseburger is good. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Oh my God, it's delicious. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Buy the cheeseburger. Buy the cheeseburger. I'm demanding you to buy the cheeseburger. I'm asking you to buy the cheeseburger. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Eating. Oh, I'm crunching. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cheeseburger. Oh my God, juice dripping. Juice dripping. Juicy cheeseburger. Buy the buy cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. And then you know, after the million time you've seen it, you'd be like, yeah. I will try that cheeseburger. And then you think it's your own decision. You don't think that, you know, advertising worked on you. But it, it, it exactly worked. That's advertising, folks. Why do you think all these companies have millions, millions of dollars in their advertising budget? Because it works, folks. Advertising is everything. We literally have commercials. We have television just for commercials. There's uh, there's only entertainment for commercials to sell, folks. It's advertising, and this man is not advertising any of his players. Not calling up.
<sighs> what are we doing? I'm done. I'm off of him. I'm off. He lost me. See? See? We were on him. We were taking it slow, and then he just lost us. This Panthers team is doomed. Panthers fans, I'm sorry that your general manager is sitting around while everybody else is actively trading. Unbelievable. Unbelievable out here. I can't believe this man said that. Uh, team's not calling. Oh, I guess no. Um, team's not calling. Can't do nothing. Teams aren't calling. What do you want me to do? You want me to call? You want me to pick up the phone and call? Oh my goodness. Are, are we allowed to do that? I think that's against the rules. No, it's not. Call. Unbelievable. Oh, my bomb. Unbelievable. Uh, Panthers are doomed, folks. Panthers are doomed. What else do we got? Can you win us back? Because it's going to take a lot to win us back. You are already behind the 16th ball. Now you're behind the 32nd ball out here. You got 30, 32nd balls that you're behind. Good luck trying to, you know, make us believers. Oh, my goodness. All right, what else do you got? And now we're talking about Cam Newton, so he's going to lose us again. But here we go. Continuing on. Continuing on. Scott Fitterer, what do you got? Next lead up, here we go. The Panthers could, of course, initiate such discussions by picking up the phone and placing a call to San Francisco or Cleveland. Yeah, see? Who wrote this? Nick Shook knows. Yes, you can pick up the phone. It works both ways. I promise you it does. Oh, my God. Even Nick Shook knows. He's probably hearing this be like, what are you What? What are you saying, dude? You can pick up the phone. You don't know that? The phone works? The phone, you've got numbers? There's a, there's a keypad on your phone. I know there, there's the there's there's the there's the slot where the noise comes out of, but there's also buttons on that phone. Yeah, you can hit those buttons and it calls people. You don't just have to look for the little hole for the for the air that transcribes the words to come out. No, no, no. You can hit the buttons and make the call yourself. Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. I'm 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 flabbergasted. I'm stunned. I'm at a loss for words. It's absolutely ridiculous that this man just said that. Back to the lead up. Here we go. The Panthers, of course, and uh, the Panthers could, of course, initiate such discussions by picking up the phone and placing a call to San Francisco or Cleveland. It seems they're content with waiting for one of those clubs to dial them, though, lessening the chance that they'll make a move prior to the. This is so comical. No, we we'd rather them call. Like, what is that? Like, I I, I don't even know. I don't even know what world we're living. I I can't believe people. Uh, this the man at this level of position says no. Oh, I'll let them call me. Do you not know the game? Everybody's up for sale. Tom Brady's even talking about going to the Dolphins. The man unretires, and now we got the Dolphins story that the, that the Dolphins are trying to sign Tom Brady as a quarterback. There's players up for sale. Will you make a call? <coughs> it's unbelievable. I can't. I. I. I don't. I, I don't even know if I should even give this man the credit of reading his answers anymore. I think we're done. 100. percent what does this man have to say? Because he's talking about Cam Newton now. What the hell is this? As for those who played for the Panthers in 2021, Carolina doesn't seem very committed to any of them, including Cam Newton. Says, quote, Matt's talked to Cam, so I've reached out a couple of times. Matt talked to him. Oh, so you can call Cam Newton. You dial the phone for Cam Newton, but not to any other teams to see, hey, what's going on with these quarterbacks? You call Cam Newton, though? It's just, what are we, oh, my God. You are losing us, Scott. Do you not know that? You're absolutely lost us. 
<laughs> Matt's talked to Cam, so I've reached out a couple of times. I know how to call Cam Newton. I know his number. Uh, Matt talked to him. The thing with Cam, it's got to be a fit for us, and it's got to be a fit for him just as well. He's looking for a certain opportunity. The door's still open for us. We're very open to Cam. We'll see where it goes. He knows where we stand. I think he and Matt had a very good conversation from my understanding, and yeah, and so yeah, we'll just see where it goes, and you know, that's what we were saying. You know, it, it's not that the Panthers don't want Cam. It's that Cam wants to be the starter. And Panthers are like, you cannot be the starter. You're not a starter quarterback. You have to be a gadget guy. We'll use you in the red zone, but that's it. That's it. That you're a gadget guy. You're a you're a special guy. That's really it. And Cam doesn't want to do that. That affects his brand. That affects his legacy. And he knows that. So he's not going to kind of, you know, grovel down to that position. So um the fact that they called him though is just crazy. <laughs> crazy. All right, and here we go. Two more uh, yeah, two more quotes. Here we go. Last second lead up here. Darnold seems to be on slightly firmer footing with the Panthers front office, but not by much. He can safely expect to be pushed by competition brought in from outside the organization if he's still with the team by the time training camp arrives, saying, quote, yes, Sam's on the roster. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, as I sit here right now, he's on the roster. And once again, that's the big quote we don't like. Hey, right now, at this moment, 112 on 326-2022, he is our quarterback. So that tells us right there, they're not rocking with Sam Darnold. They know Sam's not the answer. Sam will not be the starter next season. We get it right here. Yes, uh, quote, yes, uh, Sam's on the roster. As I sit here right now, he's on the roster. This man is like doubling down. Like the man almost pointed out the time. As I sit here right now at 1.13 p.m., he is our quarterback. So the deeper you go down into the specifics of the day and where you are, current time and place, tells us more, 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 hey, he's not the guy. So Sam Darnold 100% will not be the starter next season. Back to the quote. He says, quote, he's in the lead for that job. He's in the lead. As of right now, he's in the lead because he's the only quarterback that we've got. He's beating out P.J. Walker. We don't even really have Cam Newton. I don't even think Cam Newton's on the roster anymore, folks. I think uh, he's kind of a free agent. Uh, so, yes, at this right time, he's beating out P.J. Walker for the starting job. He's in the lead for that job, he says. Quote, he's in the lead for that job. We want him to take it and run with it. He doesn't. He never does. Uh, but we're going We're going to add a lot of competition to that room. The whole emphasis is to stabilize that quarterback position position and play and playing winning football and that's what we're working towards so yeah Sam Darnold 100% will not be the start if we can bet that can we bet that on DraftKings what do we got NFL can we do anything NFL now what do we got NFL futures uh, winners for next year conference winner division winner regular season win winner specials and I can't bet like quarterback and anything like that I wish we could but can't unfortunate so, Sam Darnold will not be the starter next year for Carolina. Thank goodness. That's good. Hey, that's, that's a good thing. I guess Sam Fitterer kind of winning us back a little bit. Just unfortunate that they're not trying to wheel and deal. Seems like they're comfortable with just drafting. All right, if you want to live through the draft, we don't love that. We absolutely hate draft picks, but all right, if you want to live through the draft... I'm not going to knock it too much out here. So Sam Fitterer kind of winning us back a tad, a tad, maybe back behind the 16th ball and not the 32nd ball. All right. We'll give you the 16th ball because you're saying Sam Darnold's not going to be the guy. So I can, I can, I can get beyond that. All right. The final lead up to the last quote. 
There's plenty still left to figure out in Charlotte, but if we learned anything from Friday's presser is that the Panthers are confident with where they stand as just about every position except quarterback, a position they want to stabilize in 2022, saying, quote, our whole goal is to win the NFC South every year. We want to compete every year, and I think that's the mindset we may we take. I think we're two steps closer this year, not just one step. You're not closer. <laughs> Trust me, you're not closer. Um, I think we're two steps closer to really competing for this NFC South. No, you're not. Uh, with all the guys that we brought in, I think we're right there. If we can't get the quarterback position stabilized, we're going to be competing for it. So, uh, or hey, let me read that again. Um, if we can get the quarterback position stabilized, we're going to be competing for it. No, not even if you get the uh, rookie quarterback's not going to win that division. What moves had they made? What moves had they made? Honestly, I I can't remember a move that they made. Can I sort this by team? Uh, Y'all just did it by position. Let me see. What moves are they talking about? What moves did you bring in? uh, Panthers 2022 offseason. The hell are these moves? (laughs) Show me. I don't remember any of these moves. I don't remember hearing. I don't remember talking about any of these moves. So it's not any big name. All right, here we go. They're offseason moves. Transactions. Here we go. What did you do? Here we go. You re-signed Justin Burris. You re-signed cornerback Rashawn Melvin. Uh, you sign defensive end Matthew Loanatus. Off, uh, outside linebacker Damian Wilson, punter Johnny Hacker. That's the big move. Hey, we got a punter. You agreed with Torms. Okay, you got linebacker Corey Littleton on a one-year deal. <laughs> a one-year deal, all right. That's a good pickup. Uh, Dante Jackson, cornerback Dante Jackson on a three-year deal. All right. You signed wide receiver DJ Moore to a four-year deal. All right, retaining him. All righty, I'll give you some nice uh, defensive pieces. A.J. Boye? Uh, oh, no, you released him. Oh, no, you released A.J. Boye. Okay. All right, so, I mean, uh, some good, de- two good defensive names? <laughs> okay. All right, that's the big moves you're clamoring over of everything, of all the other moves that were available. All right, you you live in all those. All right. <coughs> so, overall, folks, Panthers, ugh, if I was a Panthers fan, folks, I would, I would kind of be sick to my stomach a little bit. You can't rely on Chris McCaffrey anymore. You don't got the quarterback. You got Matt Rule. I mean, uh, it's not looking like winning football. So They're looking at a quarterback, folks. They're looking at a quarterback, and we'll see what quarterback they draft and all that. But uh, I'm not buying the Panthers, folks. No, no, no. All right, here we go. We got another quote. We got some more quotes coming up, this time from Marcus Mariota. And I love it. Loved Marcus Mariota getting the chance here to potentially be the starter for the Falcons. Love that. And he even knows, hey, this is a chance. This is an opportunity. So let's hear from Marcus Mariota. Uh, The kind of clickbait uh, headline to start is, quote, opportunity to start, chance to reunite with Arthur Smith, led Marcus Mariota to sign with the Falcons. So he knows this is an opportunity. He knows he's going to get pushed. He knows it's going to be kind of a little bit of a... uh, uh, a race at the quarterback position. The Falcons have kind of said, hey, we're not done at the quarterback position. So he knows it's going to be a fight. He knows it's going to be a battle. And, hey, he's up for it. So I'm um, all about that. All right, so here we go. Let's start leading, reading the lead-ups here to the quote. So first, lead-up to the first quote. He says, quote, or no, this is the lead-up. Here we go. <laughs> he led that work in Las Vegas as a backup who saw occasional snaps. With the tape in hand in an existing relationship with Arthur Smith, Mariota is moving to Atlanta to rejoin his former coordinator. But that's a question we must first answer. Why does Mariota want to play for a coach who was part of a staff who once benched him? He says, quote, 
while he was always honest, even to the point where in 2019, when things weren't going well for me, he always shot me straight. I think for me as a player, I truly appreciate that. He's always been focused on making sure I can get better in and out of the pocket, how I'm digesting the offense, how I'm seeing defenses. He always made it a point just to find little areas of improvement. Art is somebody, Arthur Smith, Art is somebody that's always been there for me, always shot me straight, and I knew what I was getting into, what kind of culture he's building here, so that's why I'm excited to be here, because I really do believe in Art and what he's doing, so hey, you know, and once again, going back to coaching, coaching matters, folks, having a good coach that shoots you straight. That doesn't berate you. That doesn't kind of, you know, knock you on a daily basis. A la Urban Meyer. Coaching matters, folks, 100%. You can literally ruin or make a player based on how you coach that player. And now Marcus Mariota, it's not like he had the most options where he can select where he wanted to play. But, hey, you know, reuniting with Arthur Smith, hey, he's got that relationship, got that bond. They're honest with each other. They're open with each other. They want to see both each other succeed and flourish and get better continuously. So Marcus Mariota, I respect the hell out of him for that for hey you know yes you know we you know he benched me he had a kind of hand in me being benched for Ryan Tannehill and all that kind of ruining my career but hey you know I respect him being straight with me I get another opportunity I'm ready to work for it so yeah yeah Marcus Mariota trending up love everything about it let's keep on going here we got another quote so the second lead up here we go Thanks to his performance in relief of Derek Carr in, yeah, folks, we told you, we love that game. Thanks to his performance in relief of Derek Carr in one 2020 game. Don't say one 2020 game, it was week 15, folks. Come on, got to recognize, got to remember, folks, great game, week 15, 2020. In one game in 2020, Mariota returned to the quarterback consciousness of the football world. Absolutely. An ankle injury... An injury kept him from building upon that, but after trading Matt Ryan to Indianapolis, Atlanta needed a quarterback. Mariota needed a legitimate chance to start. Falcons meet Marcus. Says, quote, it really came down to the opportunity. Obviously, he said there's a chance for you to play, a chance for you to start right away. Really, for me, at this point in time of my career, that's what I'm looking for. No matter what that situation is, I have my best to lead these guys and help these guys come the best, help these guys become the best of their abilities. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm the starter. I can very well be the backup and do those types of things, and that's what I've learned. But I know with Art, he's always going to be honest with me, and I can really put uh, and I can really put forward my best foot forward. And see what I can do. So overall, Mariota, he knows he, this is an opportunity. He knows he may not start, but he's going to take that opportunity and ball out. And he's got a legitimate chance to be the starter here. Love it. All right, here we go. One more quote, two more quotes, three more quotes. Here we go. Two more quotes. Next lead up. That one game in 2020 reminded folks of what once made Mariota the second overall pick in the 2015 draft. He completed 17 of 18 passes for 226 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and in the process, he showed off his athleticism, arm talent, and accuracy. Perhaps most importantly, he displayed poise, which he likely gained from the challenges of recent years. Everything about that, absolutely, that's exactly what we all saw in that Week 15 uh, meeting. Says, quote, I've learned a lot over the course of the last even really three years going back to that season in 2019. I was both mentally and physically beat up. I think this is a great opportunity for me to kind of showcase what I've learned over the course of the last couple of years. Being around guys like Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr, guys like that played at a really high level. 
with art, I think we developed a relationship where we can communicate, we can get things off our chest, we can put forth what we think is best for the offense and then secondly he's always going to be honest with me and if there's things I need to improve on he's going to work with me on that there that's why I think and believe in this situation and I'm excited for this opportunity Final quote, last lead up. Here we go. What, Mar what Mariota received as a backup was a chance to learn from two starters, Tannehill and Carr, and perhaps most importantly, a legitimate reset. Mariota received time to recover physically and mentally and get himself in a better position to succeed, saying, quote, I was at a point in my career where I was just trying to do whatever I could to please the coach, and I didn't necessarily communicate some of the things that maybe I didn't like or things I didn't feel like were putting me in the best situation possible. I've really grown in that aspect I feel like I've learned that uh, that a lot of with coach John Gruden ooh, I don't know if I would learn from John Gruden uh, but I feel like I learned that a lot with John Gruden and Derek Carr to see that type of relationship and how those guys communicated it's something I want to try here with Art like I said Art is very willing he's always been trying to push me and be that guy to communicate more at this point in my career those experiences have taught me that so I think that we will be good to go man oh man what that is fantastic that's exactly what I want to hear because we already we always knew Derek Carr and John Gruden's relationship was a one tier one they would communicate with each other they would kind of you know bounce ideas off each other Derek Carr had no issue kind of challenging John Gruden and John Gruden never kind of scolded Derek Carr for you know raising his voice or kind of communicating something that maybe John Gruden didn't like where with uh, Urban Meyer if you spoke out against them he would like bury you and never play you again in retaliation to that so once again, quarterback head coach relationship needs to be fantastic. Derek Carr and John Gruden was. Marcus Mariota saw that. I'm glad that Marcus Mariota truly took advantage of that backup role where you can just literally observe everything and see how everything works from kind of that step back perspective. And now going forward, now that he has more information, he's matured, he's physically, mentally rested, ready to go and make maybe his final attempt to be the guy in the NFL, to be a starter in the NFL. NFL for so for all of that folks I'm loving Marcus Mariota I'm cheering on Marcus Mariota um you know we've already been cheering him on but this one just you know emphasizes that cheerability absolutely so Marcus Mariota absolutely go and do your thing this year try and be that starter compete with whoever you got to compete with to win that starting job but I'm looking forward to watching Marcus Mariota every single week to see is this man still good can this man still get it done so for that Marcus Mariota well done we're buying in you we're still buying into you and uh, Falcons fans I know it's no Matt Ryan anymore and the team isn't at the best place still no Calvin Ridley he's the year suspended and all that but Marcus Mariota may be able to kind of bring some energy some electricity to this Falcons team that kind of desperately needs it so Marcus Mariota winning us over again love it love it love it all right what else do we got here next story up and uh, this is uh, interesting this was from uh, two days ago yesterday uh, quarterback Trey Lance has reportedly been assured, reassured behind the scenes that he'll start in 2020. Now, obviously, he would want to probably be reassured because hey, he's kind of been told already. We've heard the general manager say, yeah, you know, you know, we're doing anything that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo wants, and we're looking at all trade partners and we're working with him. So Trey Lance has already kind of been told, hey, you're going to be the starter. Um, you know, seeing Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody kind of on board of trading him, and then he didn't get traded, and now you know we're out 17 weeks without him being 
able to throw, so nobody's probably going to trade for him in that time span. So, uh, you know, Trey Lance kind of getting reassured out here that he is going to be the starter. Alrighty, once again, I don't know if I truly believe it. I still think they hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo for this season. I don't know if you start Trey Lance. I don't believe in Trey Lance. I've made that known. Um, I still want Jimmy Garoppolo to be a starter in this league. I think he's got the clutch ability. I think he's got the win ability behind him. So, uh, but uh, it's just interesting. Once again, I mean, we're getting new news on the quarterback situation in San Francisco almost every single day. You know, or, or Adam Schefter saying, hey, this is not a home run deal. Now we got to wait 17 weeks. Nobody's trading for him. We got Russell Wilson. We got Aaron Rodgers, all this. Uh, so, you know, the Panthers aren't calling him and all that. So, who knows who's going to be the starter here? But uh, I, I, I don't, I don't go with Trey Lance, folks. I don't go with Trey Lance. That's really what it comes down to. If I was in this position, I keep Jimmy Garoppolo and I don't start Trey Lance. They have both the quarterbacks. We'll see what they do. But so far, Jimmy Garoppolo is not traded. So when does that happen? We'll see. But Trey Lance being reassured behind the scenes, he will be starting. All right, we get this now. This is interesting. Once again, a complete 180. Why do you feel so confident about this? Let's take a quick look why. Kyler Murray says, quote, I'm not too, I'm not, I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal. Really? Because you unfollowed him on social media. The Cardinals were paying everybody besides you. You spoke out against the team. And now we haven't really heard anything. When was the last time we heard any kind of update or information on this Arizona Cardinals team with Kyler Murray? It's been a while. So what gives this man so much confidence that, hey, you're going to be the Cardinal and you got no worries. So let's quickly read this quick article. We've got uh, two quotes, so we can go through it quickly, but let's see what uh, Kyler Murray is saying and why he feels so confident he's, his future in Arizona is all peachy, peachy cream. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, first lead up here. Here we go. <clears throat> For better or worse, Kyler Murray's offseason has been an eventful one. From the rampant speculation over his social media accounts to a public statement from his agent on the desire for a long-term contract extension, the past few weeks have left the desert swirling, even without Murray speaking publicly. Once again, we haven't really gotten anything from Murray. So now he's saying everything's peachy. That changed on Thursday when Murray spoke for, uh, to the media for the first time since scrubbing his social media accounts of all team mentions in early February. The Cardinals quarterback expanded on the headline grabbing attention he's received so far this offseason, along with his future with this team as it stands today, saying, quote, I'm an Arizona Cardinal. I've done nothing but give my all to the Cardinals and will continue to do that. I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal. All right, <clears throat> next lead up. Murray's eventful offseason began after the Pro Bowl when the 24-year-old scrubbed his Instagram account of any Cardinals uh, regalia, leading to speculation to, of the quarterback's happiness in Arizona. Says, quote, for a second there, I was trending for, I want to say, five weeks in a row. Every time I go on Twitter, I'm like, what are people talking about my name for? All of this stuff. Obviously, you get the whole social media stuff and coming out with whatever it is was with the future, but honestly, I'm happy where I'm at, where my feet are, keeping football the main thing like I always have. Murray added, quote, if you, if you are a kid my age, you're used to people, you're used to people take off posts. That's just a thing. I took everything off of there besides one picture. It had nothing to do with the Cardinals or anything like that. What? You, people just take things off their social... No, they don't. People don't take things off their social media. Maybe on Twitter, just because Twitter is kind of basically, you know, 
like now, 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 like in the moment. Instagram, no. People love their pictures. People love their entire history. People love you scrolling and be like, oh, look at all the great things I've done my entire life. Oh my goodness. People love posting. People don't erase their social media accounts for no reason. So Kyler Murray backtracking here because he knows the Cardinals are playing hardball. And once again, sending a message, paying everybody. It's truly worked out here. So Kyler Murray is just walking back everything, pretending like nothing happened because he knows he would lose in the situation going head to head against the Cardinals. He was going to lose. So this is so funny, folks. Kyler Murray is just walking everything back. Oh, no, no. I uh, the, You thought that was cryptic. Once again, oh, you thought that was cryptic. You thought, you know, uh, gratitude is cryptic. You thought me scrubbing my social media was cryptic. No, that's just what my generation does. We just erase everything. We just erase everything besides one picture. We just erase everything. No, y'all love the recognition. Y'all love the likes. Y'all love the posts. You keep them up. No, 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 no. You don't just delete everything. You don't do that. People don't do that, folks. People don't do that. Regardless what Kyler Murray says, people don't do that. So what are you talking about, Kyler Murray? <laughs> uh, so uh, he's just walking everything back and pretending nothing happened. No, 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 no. I just do this. This is what my generation does. You know, us Zoomers, we do this. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray, you got caught. You got caught. They called your bluff, and maybe you're not as good as, uh, you know, uh, doubling down like you were. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's it. That's it. The, the hard ball by the Cardinals worked. The sending a message by paying everybody worked. And Kyler Murray's retreating, being like, no, everything's good. I love it here. I want to be here. It's social media. I wasn't being cryptic. No, no, no. I just do this. My generation just does this. So nice try, Kyler Murray. You've been caught. You lost. It's okay. It's okay. Not everybody can win the negotiation battle when two sides dig in somebody's got to lose and you're the loser here that's okay it's okay you can try again when you win a ring you know not getting not winning a ring and not getting into the playoffs consistently you know it's a it's a little um it's a little interesting that you kind of you know was were digging in your heels so much and wanting that big contract so much it, it was a little it was a little aggressive and out there and it didn't pan out this time it's unfortunate it can pan out you know Aaron Rodgers he got his deal he panned out you know you can pan out still it's just right now right now so kind of this this is truly hilarious the first time he says oh no, no we're all good we're all good i just delete everything um it's one of those things where you know the millennials we do this we delete stuff we delete things you know we post things we delete things we take things out this is what we do <laughs> no you don't no you don't what are you talking about so all right kyler murray <laughs> kyler murray you got got uh that's one cardinal zero kyler murray but He's still a Cardinal, so uh, I'm sure he still plays this year, but uh, maybe they think twice about that next contract extension, yeah? So we'll see how it all falls, but Kyler Murray, he got got here. <laughs> Kyler Murray got got here, unfortunate. Uh, that's, uh, that's hilarious. All right. All right, what else we got here? All right, let's end on this. So this will be the last thing we talk about for today. And uh, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Folks, I'm telling you, Cowboys fans, this offseason is not going as well as y'all are projecting it to go. I'm telling y'all, this Cowboys team is 3-14 and 14 next season at maximum. That's the best they'll do is three wins. Everything is not looking good. So you still you still got the coaching staff and all that. You get rid of CeeDee Lamb, the best weapon. Zeke has not been good for the last two seasons. Season's not good. 
and all that. Um, did our camera just die? No, we're still up. All right. Um, interesting. Um, all right. But yeah, uh, yeah, what the hell is going on here? So the Cowboys, the, it's been a disastrous offseason. It's not going well. You're losing pieces. You're not gaining anything. And you didn't even work with all the, uh, the abundance of pieces that you had last season. So now the Cowboys get this, folks. The Cowboys are hiring Brian Schottenheimer, the Jaguars pass game coordinator last year, who was also the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks that, you know, Russell Wilson was like, hey, get the heck out of here. So he goes to the Jaguars last year as their passing game coordinator. That didn't work out too well. Um, in a unique role. So the Cowboys are hiring Brian Schottenheimer into a unique role where they'll where he'll have both coordinators, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. So Brian Scheinheimer, who hasn't really been good himself, is being brought in to help out Brian or Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. Defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and offense coordinator Kellen Moore. You bring Brian Scheinheimer. So now another kind of unestablished head coach or unestablished coach out here. Too many hands, you know, too many cooks, you know, ruins the meal. Too many hands in this. You're bringing in Brian, Schone Brian Schottenheimer, who hasn't really had success. When was the last time Brian, Sch Brian Schottenheimer had success in this league, folks? I mean, Brian Schottenheimer, Brian, Brian, I can't even pronounce the man's name. Brian, Brian Schottenheimer, he had one successful year in 2010 with the Jets as the offense coordinator. But remember, that was with, uh, you know, Revis and those great defensive teams that the Jets had. Uh, Brian Scheinheimer could not make um, Mark Sanchez work. Once again, they got like the three straight AFC championship games and lost them all. Those were the years. So yeah, Brian Schottenheimer was not good offensively there. They got carried by the defense. And then Brian, Sch Brian Schottenheimer was okay with the Seahawks, but that was because of Russell Wilson and kind of some of that Seahawks defense. So Brian Schottenheimer not really proving himself anywhere. And now he's going to the Cowboys when they're at their worst. So now we have Dan Quinn, who hasn't, I don't want to knock Dan Quinn too much out here, but it's not like Dan Quinn is fantastic. He worked with the Seahawks because of the Legion of Boom. Then he worked one year with the Falcons having a good defense, but uh, that defense wasn't even good that one year. The one year that the Falcons got to the Super Bowl, uh, the offense was the number one offense in the league, and the defense was ranked 27th in points against points allowed. So the defense was bad. They were cared by their offense. So we've got Dan Quinn, who hasn't really shown that he can do anything without great talent. Legion of Boom days. Um, then you get Brian Scheinheimer, who hasn't really done anything. Kellen Moore, who's under underutilized that entire offense. But it's all going to work when they all come together. Especially with ha head coach Mike McCarthy. So once again, folks, this Cowboys team, this is going to be an abysmal team, folks. This is not a good Cowboys team. They are not going to be any good next season, folks. Everything that we've seen, it keeps getting worse and 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 worse. And now they're hiring Brian Schottenheimer just to come, just to come be a part of the team. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he'll he'll oversee the offense and the defense. Why? Why? What the hell is going on here? So. Um, I, uh, I don't get it. I don't see this Cowboys team being good, folks. We're living and dying by that hill. Every team has kind of been making progress besides the Dallas Cowboys. It's, it's looking really bad, folks. It's, and I don't understand how everybody puts a positive spin on it. So, 
Um, it's just so funny. You got all these coaches that really aren't good collecting them together, and it's supposed to work out with lackluster pieces from last season to this season with Mike McCarthy as head coach. It's, it's just mind-boggling. This Cowboys team is not going to be good, and I don't understand how people are finding ways to spin it that this Cowboys team is going to be good. I'm telling y'all, brace for 3-14. and 14. I don't know why y'all are not bracing for a 3-14 and 14 season right now. Everything is looking like garbage on this Cowboys team going into the next season, so... Um, good luck. All I'm going to say is good luck. That's all I can say for the Cowboys. Y'all need all the luck. Y'all need luck. That's really what it comes down to. Y'all need the luck. All righty, folks. That is going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, where hopefully we can fit in Malik Willis. Uh, we'll break down March Madness from last night. Bet March Madness tomorrow. Break down the NBA. Y'all know how we do on the show. And uh, there's still some NFL stories that we need to get to. We are backlogged on NFL stories, folks. But so much happening. So much to talk about. So much to do in so little time. We are trying to make it all work. Um, so... Back live tomorrow noon Eastern to talk all sports things, greatness, not greatness. Can teams get going in the NBA? Can uh, teams start getting it done in the NFL? I'm looking at you, Panthers. I'm looking at you, Cowboys. Make a good decision for once. It's not looking good. All righty. We are out of here. We're back live tomorrow noon Eastern doing it all over again. So have a great one. We'll be back tomorrow, folks. Hopefully we'll see you here and uh, make a little bit of money betting on Duke. Bet on Duke tonight, folks. Bet on Duke tonight. All right, folks, we are out of here. Have a great one. We are out of here.